0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. My name is Jared. I am your host, and I'm alongside Alyssa Antonelli, once again, who is a big member of the Mickey Blog family and also the co-owner of Mickey Travels, our primary sponsor of this podcast. We'll talk more about Mickey Travels later on in the podcast. But we have another fun episode ahead for you guys As always, another episode on a Friday. Every episode of the Mickey Block Podcast comes to you the morning of every single Friday. So you can mark those calendars for future episodes or go back and look at past episodes. Speaking of past episodes, by the way, folks... What's very cool about this episode is we are on the middle of a series, so if you're just joining the series now, you can go back and listen to our past two episodes. This series is called the Perfect Day series. What we do is we detail a in-depth guide into a perfect day at each of the four Walt Disney World theme parks, but we're also going to do other episodes in the Perfect Day series, such as a perfect day at Disney Springs, or even detailing things like resorts and, you know holiday-themed perfect days, lots of different things like that. So it's exciting, um, and we have lots of more fun episodes in the future. But if you would like to check out our past two episodes in this guide, go check out the Magic Kingdom episode or the Epcot episode. But let me stop blabbering and get to the fun stuff. First of all, Alyssa and I have new headphones. So if you can't tell, uh, that's because you're listening. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can see our new headphones. Uh, and, and what's funny is Alyssa was like, okay, what color should we get? And I said, well, let's get the, the black and the red. They kind of like match the Mickey blog aesthetic. And she goes, okay, I'm ordering pink. So <laughs> here we are. So Alyssa, what do you think of your pink headphones?
1: I think they're a great color. You know, They're uh, metallic. I know that we're going to have, no, well, not listeners, but watchers who are going to agree that these are pretty cool. I have to get used to them because i'm not used to having anything on my ears, but it's a good sound coming in, and it feels a little more professional so i'm 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 digging it I'm into it.
0: Hey, it's a great look. We look much more professional like we've been here once or twice and uh and we know at least one or two things not a lot of things, but at least one or two yeah. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk Hollywood studios, and a big reason why. It's because Alyssa just loves Star Wars. She loves Hollywood Studios. It's her favorite stuff to talk about. Uh, No, uh, to be honest with you, if Alyssa ends up just saying a few words and being like, yeah, go ahead, take it away, Jared. That's because she's not the biggest Star Wars person on the planet. And I know that's a huge focus of this park now. But regardless, we are going to start from square one. We'll walk you through particulars at the start of your Disney day. Let's say you're planning and you're there at the very start of your day at Hollywood Studios, just like we did for the Magic Kingdom and Epcot episodes. And then as you go throughout the episode, we'll slowly detail different things you can do throughout your day to make your day more special. And then in the second half of the episode, we're going to talk more particulars, more specifics on things that. Really make Hollywood Studios great uh, pro tips, things that you can do that can just make your day and and, uh, experience more magical, shall we? Uh, So, right off the bat, Alyssa, in the past two episodes, we've talked about early entry. We decided that at Magic Kingdom, this is huge. You know, being able to utilize early entry when you're staying at a Walt Disney World Resort is a massive, massive upside. It really plays a huge role in getting the most out of your Disney Day, and especially Magic Kingdom Day. We also talked about early entry with Epcot, said that it's not necessarily as important as going to use it at some of the other parts. I would argue it is extremely important at this park as well, um, because not only is this an attraction-based park, but this is like a this is like a e-ticket sort of attraction-based park. Um, if anything, lots of people almost argue Hollywood Studios needs a more a few more family attractions to kind of break up the lines because. This is like a park that has like eight attractions and like six of them are like huge, big time, like you got to go on that kind of thing. So, yeah. So would you agree with me in saying that this is definitely another park where early entry, that extra 30 minutes getting in early can really play a huge role in planning out your day?
1: I would definitely agree with that. Um, I agree with your, you know, overall thoughts about Magic Kingdom being... And a good use of it, of early entry Epcot not needing it as much. The reason I would agree is not only with what you suggested about the e-ticket, you know, attractions, um, but if anybody's ever rope dropped at Hollywood Studios, it can be a little crazy. It's like the running of the bulls. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those parks that probably, probably if, if I would say, and I don't know if you agree with me, Jared, of the four parks might be the craziest rope drop of the four parks. Um, There's just something about everybody rushing to the railway, uh, rushing to, to go to rise rushing to, you know, toy story land. Um, There's rushing to tower terror, you know, rock and roller coaster. Um, There's just something about it where it just, there's this vibe that is like, it's really interesting. I think the reason what I'm trying to get at is Hollywood studios is a little bit of a, I hope I use this word correctly, a cult park. And I don't mean that in a bad Mm. way. I know cult can sort of be a a negative term, but people, you know, it's the products that are in Hollywood Studios, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Toy Story, um, people who are really into these, you know, IPs of Disney. um, And this is where you find them. Um, and, And so I feel like there's, especially Star Wars, I mean, I don't need to tell you, but huge fans, huge fan base. So I do think that Hollywood Studios is a park where people are kind of obsessed with what the park has to offer and they go all in on this park.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, so financially, when you look at Disney, looking at this from a financial perspective, um, Pixar is Disney's most successful or sorry, Toy Story is Pixar's most successful franchise. Uh, Not just in box office gross, but obviously the genius of Toy Story was merchandising and how much merchandise they could sell, being that all their main characters are toys. So Toy Story has been enormous, enormously successful for Disney for decades now. Um, So you're absolutely right about that. Star Wars, all three of their sequel trilogy films that Disney released made over a billion dollars. You know, even one of their spinoffs made a billion dollars. Their biggest... Disney Plus shows or Star Wars shows, these are huge, huge properties, as Alyssa just mentioned. And so with that in mind, the fan bases of these properties really flock to these parks. Um, So having said that, when you're first rope dropping, a strategy, which we can sort of lay out and talk about here in a second, is extremely important to have because Hollywood Studios has only become a more and more popular theme park over the past few years. Um, I would argue back in uh, 2019, um, 2020, when Galaxy's Edge had first opened and then virtual queues had just started for Rise of the Resistance, I that was the busiest I've ever seen that theme park. And I don't think, I, I don't know if Hollywood Studios will ever get that busy again. I mean, I know you remember it, Alyssa, but people would get there at 6 a.m. because that's when you could get the virtual queue and you had to be in the park. Or at the gate to get the virtual queue, so it's just such a mad dash. I mean,
1: remember actually um, being—I don't know if, how familiar. Hopefully, people are familiar. Being people, we always felt that the best area for reception was by the dark room. It's kind yeah. of where we felt the best. Mm-hmm. So everybody hovered in that sort of main area before you—you you know, went down the, the mm-hmm. road, and you were just sitting there. And you'd hear as soon as the clock, you know, turned, it would be like, "Yeah." yeah you know it was such a big craziness um
0: yeah,
1: I remember one particular day um they had an issue with the virtual queue, and everybody got messed up, and the lines for guest relations were like fifty people deep, and mm-hmm. again, it's that passion of they came here to ride rise, yeah you know that it's it's you know and if you're gonna if your goal when you're on vacation to go to Hollywood Studios on a certain day and you don't get to ride it, there's a huge disappointment that people have. Now, I would say as a travel agent, you you need to pivot. You need to realize there's other things there. But for the diehard, you know, Star Wars Disney fan, you know, Star Wars is a, a huge part of Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeah it is. I mean, it's not everything, but it's a huge part.
0: Oh, it is. It absolutely is. I mean, I mean, beyond Galaxy's Edge, you have Star Tours, you have Star Wars Launch Bay. I mean, it's a massive mm-hmm. part. It's almost half the yeah. park now as Star Wars yeah. stuff. And and Disney has really cashed in on that property um, and they're going to continue to do so. Uh, we've seen the excitement out in Disneyland, uh, definitely head over to Mickey blog, by the way, if you want to see more photos, we have it on Instagram and on the website, but Ahsoka Tano made her debut out there as a meet and greet character. Um, and, um, there's lots of rumors and speculation that more characters could be popping up in galaxy's edge in the future, both in Disneyland, but also in Walt Disney world as well. So, um, I think there's such an excitement there and, the one thing I will say, just to sort of bring us back on like a, a guide uh, track in helping people plan, just so our listeners, viewers are aware, the virtual queue system is no longer in place. Uh, you do not need a virtual queue in order to go on Rise of the Resistance. That is really only effect in effect for two attractions right now. That's Tron Light Cycle Run and Magic Kingdom, which we spoke about in the Magic Kingdom episode as well as the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which we spoke about in the Epcot episode. In those episodes, if you haven't listened, um, what we did was we spoke highly about how that's how you start your day. You're going to want to get a virtual queue because they're both must-do attractions. And there's just something about kind of what Alyssa was just alluding to, the disappointment you sort of feel and experience when you don't get that virtual queue. Um, And that's why a lot of people just book a lightning lane so having said that my biggest piece of advice if you're going to rope drop Hollywood studios which as Alyssa said it's a doozy I mean it's it those lines get backed up um so another another thing that adds credence to the whole okay if I have early entry I can kind of avoid that very large swarm over there to the right um but regardless What sort of strategy do you recommend, Alyssa, to clients and people who you speak to um, now now that we're after the fact with the virtual queue system um, being gone out of Hollywood Studios? What kind of strategy do you give people when it comes to where do I head first? Because. Lots of people are walking into Hollywood Studios and they think, okay, i got Toy Story Land. There's two big attractions over there. There's obviously Toy Story Mania and there's Slinky Dog. I got Galaxy's Edge. I got Rise of the Resistance. You know, there's that whole attraction over there. It's a massive must-do. Obviously, Sunset Boulevard has two big attractions at the end of that. And right off the bat, straight ahead, you have Runaway Railway, which is always a long wait as well. So... Just your opinion, I guess, or your professional opinion. Where do you typically point people um, in terms of starting off your day?
1: Well, the first thing I would recommend, first and foremost, is to check if any of the attractions are down. Mm
0: -hmm. I do not
1: say this with any negativity towards Hollywood Studios, but they have a lot of downed attractions and they pile on each other. Um, And I don't say that in a negative way. You know, we like to keep things positive, but we also like to keep things real. Um, mm-hmm. rock and roller coasters down a lot. Um, yeah. you know, um, and so I know that's a big one. And to be honest, he rises down, is down a lot. I understand that rise is a very complex attraction. I uh, can't even imagine all that goes into keeping that attraction running. Um, but I think that's the first thing before you even tackle anything, find out, because I can tell you that I've had clients who their kids are dying to ride rock and roller coaster, and that's their game plan. And then they get there and it's down. Well, now you have to yeah. pivot. You've already wasted, not wasted, but you've already used up maybe 10, 15 minutes where you could have said, Oh, I knew that was down. Let's go over to slinky dog mm-hmm. or something like that. So I would definitely say one of the biggest tips I would say is check the attractions to see what is up. what might be down. Um, and I will say that if <laughs> here's my best piece of advice and I, Again, don't mean this in a negative way, but Rock and Roll Coaster's down all the time. If it's open, go ride it.
0: Yeah, I know. That would
1: probably be like a great place to start. Um, Obviously, Rise of the Resistance is one of the top Disney attractions probably on everybody's list. So naturally, I would say, you know, if that's your thing, you might want to head over there, you know, kind of. But then again, you know, it really depends on what your... What is your interest? Are are you Star Wars, you know, focused? Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, do you want to just do the thrill rides? Do your kids love Toy Story? Like figuring out that and then finding out what's open, what's up and running and then going, because I do agree with you, Jared. There's very few non-e-ticket rides in Hollywood Studios. Yeah. I mean, there's very few that you're like, oh, I'm going to ride. Even like you think of Toy Story Mania, which is my favorite attraction in yeah. Hollywood Studios. You're like, oh, that's, I mean, standby can be an hour.
0: I mean, look, Alyssa, I'm old enough to remember when that ride first opened, that was a three hour wait on a daily yeah. basis. People freaked out about that attraction. And still to this day, every time I go on it, I have an absolute blast. It's a super fun attraction for the whole family, people of all yeah. ages. and Very competitive. And it... Exactly. I always, always lose to my wife, but that's besides the point. The point Thanks. is that it's very popular and, and you're absolutely right about that. So I think really my best advice when it comes to this specifically um, for our listeners and viewers out there is like if you're a Star Wars fan, then I do recommend going the Star Wars route. I will say that mm-hmm. I understand a lot of people will be doing that mad dash that route, but it is worth it. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, first thing in the morning, Rise of the Resistance will be at its lowest point. Um, I do I do recommend rope dropping, getting there right away. However, let's say Star Wars is not your priority. In my opinion, you have two options in terms of rope dropping. This is just, again, this is my personal opinion. I'm not saying you have to follow it, but that's that's kind of why we're hosting this podcast, just giving you the best advice we can. Um, I think heading straight down Sunset Boulevard, going to Tower of Terror, doing Rock and Roller Coaster... Um, hitting those two right away is a really great option to start your day. Um, They're both right next to each other. So it's super convenient. And oftentimes people are thinking Toy Story Land or Star Wars. Let me go, go, go there. Um, So getting those two major attractions kind of crossed off your list and then being able to spend your time in the rest of the park is a really good idea. And as a coffee drinker, I will also mention there's a great little Joffrey's located right at the exit of Tower of Terror that is always going to be significantly less lines than the trolley car cafe where of course the um you know uh we're going to see very, very long lines, just like the Main Street Bakery. That's where the Starbucks location is, and it's right on Hollywood Boulevard. So people are walking in, they see the Starbucks, and everybody walks right in there. So just, uh, we've mentioned, Alyssa and I have now mentioned, by the way, we understand people are early risers, they got kids, you need coffee. We've now mentioned in the previous two episodes, and now I'm going to mention it in this episode, utilize the Joffreys, utilize the other locations that do coffee. Because as much as I love Starbucks, those lines get very, very long first thing in the morning. So be aware of that. Um,
1: you know, the yeah. other thing, Jared, about the Starbucks, um, I'll just speak for Starbucks. Joffrey's, I'm sure, is the same. If you think about each of the parks, um, your Starbucks locations are on the way to where you're headed, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like the Main Street Bakery, you're walking down Main Street. It's right there. Um trolley car cafe you're passing by it unless you go left towards echo lake but really it's across the street um so i feel like um if you think about all the different parks like you're you're going to almost bump into the starbucks uh when you're walking into epcot you know connections is right there on the left creature comforts in animal kingdom right there on the way so i feel as though a lot of times you're it's almost really set up nicely for you to grab that cup of coffee Speaking mm-hmm. about Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror, funny to say like when people rope drop and it's like the gun goes off and everybody runs, it's <laughs> kind of funny as everyone goes straight towards the railway, Toy Story Land or, Star- or Galaxy's Edge, you just shoot a quick right after Trolley Car Cafe and head down Sunset Boulevard where I agree most people are not going that way. They're going
0: yeah.
1: straight left, off to the right to hit those other mm-hmm. three. So it probably is smart to do those early in the morning because you know most, the majority of people are going to go in the different direction.
0: And this is, I will say, the advice that I was just giving in terms of where you had first, I do want to clarify that that's more specifically for people who actually don't have early entry. Um, now you can still follow that exact same method if you do have early entry, but I will say those 30 minutes of early entry being able to stay in a Walt Disney World Resort gives you a massive, massive advantage because now you're only competing for the Toy Story or the Star Wars rides with the other guests who are staying on Walt Disney World property. So the lines in the competition, again, on the rise of the resistances, the slinky dog dashes are going to be significantly lower. So I would say if you have early entry, head to those major attractions because those are going to be lower than they'll be at any point of the day. If you're not in the early entry, if you're just rope dropping... I personally think you should head right. However, I will say this, out of all the other options, if you had to pick a different one, out of all the other options, I know we were talking about Star Wars, Toy Story first, Sunset Boulevard first, you know, Runaway Railway first. I also ironically think Toy Story Land finds a little bit of a lull in those first few hours of the day where it isn't totally slammed yet. And the reason I say that, Alyssa, is like people walk in Speaking of Toy Story, I'm wearing a Pizza Planet shirt. But uh, people walk in and they, okay, you go left. There's Galaxy's Edge. And in order to get to Toy Story Land from Galaxy's Edge, you got to walk all the way through it. And then if you go right, that's obviously Sunset Boulevard. So you kind of have to walk straight, head over towards Walt's dream show. You have to head, take another corner, take another right. And then you're in Toy Story Land. So it's kind of like in the very back of the park. It's almost like if you're walking into Magic Kingdom and your first mission is like, Let me go to Ariel and like the back of Fantasyland. Like nobody's really going to be there because that's a a hike. Like the the barnstorm. Yeah, exactly. So my point is, if you're willing to sort of hike that right first thing, you're probably going to beat a lot of crowds because people will be heading that way and be like, let's just do Runaway Railway. It's right here. Let's go right down Sunset Boulevard. Lots of people won't think, oh, let me go all the way to Slinky Dog Dash. Um, and, you know, these are the little things you might think were crazy telling you these things, but they can make or break your day because with an with attraction-heavy attraction, a attraction heavy theme park like Hollywood Studios and an e-ticket attraction-heavy theme park, you want to get on all of the attractions, right? Your family wants to, your friends want to, you want to, and the only way to do that is to be very sort of strategic. It's not like Magic Kingdom where you're going to have your Ten minute waits sprinkled in there. Almost every attraction at Hollywood Studios on a daily basis, outside of like Muppets and Star Tours. Sorry, Kayla, uh, but you know it's it's going to be it's going to be a specific wait. So so yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention, Alyssa, just so our listeners viewers are aware. Sometimes it's tough to know. We've talked a little bit about this in the past two episodes as well. Sometimes it's tough to know, not just about coffee, but breakfast so um not every theme park is the same with breakfast options and things like that so these are important things to be aware of and then of course we're also going to talk about dining options throughout you know the rest of the day lunch quick services sit downs things can't miss options like that um but breakfast options when you're heading right down sunset boulevard obviously there is that starbucks right on the corner but let's say Let's say if you're nah, I'm not feeling Starbucks. You keep walking. Not only is there the Joffreys that I mentioned back there by Tower Terror, there's also some waffles, some Mickey waffles you can buy right there at Hollywood and Scoops, which is very popular in the morning. Obviously, people love their waffles. Uh, but I always find people being like, oh, my gosh, did you know there was waffles here? And there's like no lines in the morning. So just something to think about. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention not only my favorite coffee, but multiple members of the Mickey Blogs team's favorite coffee, and that's in Galaxy's Edge, and that's the At-Cat Sacka's Kettle, which is where they sell the popcorn. They have a delicious cold brew that they top with a cheese foam, and then they put some chocolate uh, cereal right on top. Very, very cool. I know Alyssa just loves Star Wars. So do you want to take it from here?
1: Don't even know what you're referring to. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, man. I mean, I have to say, I have had blue and green milk, so there you go. Um, I'm gonna be honest; I'm lost in Galaxy's Edge. Not lost where I I know how to get around this one big circle, basically. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm I'm lost in Galaxy's Edge. I I don't feel I feel very out of control, and I don't feel. Myself while I'm in there, uh, I know most of our listeners are hating on me right now um you I don't know my attitude is you either love Star Wars or you, you don't like it. I don't think there's a lot of in between i don't i mean and don't get me wrong, I think Rise of the Resistance is a ridiculously amazing attraction, yeah, um but I love it for the imagineering of it, mm-hmm. not because I understand one thing about it or who's who the characters are um It's just really fun. Um, so yeah, I'm going to let you sort of take the reins on Galaxy's Edge for sure.
0: That's totally fine. Um, but I will say, I know you're not a Star Wars fan, but do you drink coffee per chance or are you not a coffee drinker, Alyssa?
1: Sometimes. I mean, I like, you know, I'm kind of excited about the pumpkin cold brew back at Starbucks this season. Okay.
0: Well, so pumpkin cold brew has that pumpkin cream on top, right? Yeah, but
1: cheese foam with cocoa puffs does not sound appealing to me. look you wouldn't think it's good but i promise you it might be I, worth it. listen i mean the mickey i'm gonna have like mickey block haters on me it's all I good so. i will go with my pumpkin cold brew at starbucks <laughs> you go. Hey, jared here's the thing so we should tell all our listeners we've done a few episodes together right so far we've, we've had yeah. our fair share yeah and i think yeah. we've done very well we've agreed on a lot you know we've had our our unique take on everything but I knew that this would be a little bit confrontational. <laughs> um, I'm feeling it 25 minutes in. Uh, I'm just gonna like let it go. Cause I just don't hey. want, I don't want the, the, the listeners to feel the, the conflict.
0: Hey, that's totally fair. Um, so yeah. let me bring up a few other things then because I will say there are other very good breakfast options at Hollywood studios that I wanna mention to people. Um, that you can only get in during those morning hours. So it's worth taking advantage of now that we're on the topic of eating and drinking and things like that. Because we're going to talk about eating and drinking the next 5 to 10 minutes before we get into the uh, second half of the episode. So one of the things I wanted to mention, if you are going to go the Galaxy's Edge route, there is Ronto Roasters. That's uh, typically like uh, wraps like pita bread with sausage, things like that. They have a breakfast one. Um, that I personally think is better uh, in that route. So definitely try that one out. Also, I know, Alyssa, uh, we're going to move away from Star Wars for a second, so uh, Alyssa will actually care what I'm saying. Um, If you head over to Toy Story Land in the morning, they have breakfast tachos. People are very excited about tachos at Woody's Lunchbox, and in the morning they do breakfast tachos, so people really, really love those. So just a few breakfast options for you. But as we move into dining throughout the rest of the day, whether it's table service, whether it's quick service, what comes to mind for you, Alyssa, when you recommend dining to people at Hollywood Studios? Because there's some really classics there that have been dating back since the 90s. For example, my wife and I went to Sci-Fi Dining the other night. Um, That was very cool. I felt like I was transported back to like the early 2000s, a much more classic era of uh, MGM Studios at the time. but When you see from your end, uh, when it comes to booking more specifically, um, what are the restaurants that are most popular um, and and book the most at Hollywood Studios?
1: So definitely the themed restaurants, which of course, sci-fi dining, um, people love eating in a car. Um, Mm -hmm. I will also say 50s Primetime is very, very popular. Um, It's so themed. The cast members are so in in character. Um, I, I love all the different little tables and where you are, and um, super super fun. Um, I will say, obviously, character wise, you can't go wrong with Hollywood and Vine, um, because yeah. obviously, you know, and now we're into the Halloween theme, so that's great. Um, I will say, m- my favorite um would be Hollywood Brown Derby. Um, I love the theming of it. It reminds me there's a lot of Walt in that restaurant. Um, has that Hollywood sort of theme, you know, as you know, for the Adventures by Disney we just went on, we actually kind of followed a lot of, like, where Walt used to eat. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the restaurants he used to frequent in Hollywood was Tam O'Shanter. And Hollywood, Ron Derby kind of has a little bit of the feel of that old world Hollywood, you know, that sort of like the, you know, the the heyday of, of you know, the Hollywood glitz and glam. So I have mm-hmm. to say, I think I may have an amazing cop salad, which they're famous for. So obviously that's a really good one. Um, Just real quick, as far as grab and go, like quick, um, this is crazy to say, but I'm kind of, if I'm in the mood for something quick, I don't mind Pizza Rizzo. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but like their pizza and Caesar salad are not bad. If you want to just kind of grab quickly. Um, but I'm also a fan of ABC Commissary. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of choices there. Um, it's actually a kind of a fun, pretty restaurant. Um, so I, I don't have an issue with either of those for kind of grabbing something quick.
0: Yeah, I think those are all great options. Um, you know, when it comes to Hollywood Studios, a, a lot of the focus is actually on quick service, um, which I kind of appreciate just because, they lean more heavily into, obviously, attractions and shows and things like that. Um, but there are some real gems. Um, obviously, we mentioned 50s Primetime Cafe. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a really well-themed um, restaurant. Basically, for our viewers and listeners who have never been there before, you are transported back in the 1950s into basically eating in your, in your mom's kitchen. Um and all the servers are dressed accordingly in a much more 1950s style attire, uh, like a mom who's been baking all day and everything. And um, the food's much more classic, you know, uh, fried chicken and mashed potatoes, things like that. Um, meatloaf, exactly meatloaf. Uh, it, it's very cool. But another little hidden gem right next to it that I actually just did a video on for the Mickey Blog YouTube channel is Tune In Lounge, which is a um. A walk-up bar, same sort of deal, themed after the 1950s living room uh, styles. So you walk in and you'll see a lot of classic uh, Disney shout-outs from the classic era that Walt grew up with, but also you have uh, the Dick Van Dyke show on black and white televisions in there. So it's very well-themed. Um, same thing that Alyssa mentioned, Hollywood Brown Derby, very, very well-themed to that classical era. You know, but ABC Commissary is a very popular quick service location. I actually think it has a lot of great food. Um, And when it comes to Toy Story Land or Galaxy's Edge, you really can't go wrong with the quick service options over there as well. I mean, Docking Bay in Galaxy's Edge has some very good food for quick service. It's very, very highly rated, um, similar to Satouli Canteen in terms of the quality of food you're getting. Um, and then over in Toy Story Land, you have Woody's Lunchbox, which is very, very popular. And the recently opened, which opened just a few months back, was uh, Woody's Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot to eat and drink in, in uh, Hollywood Studios. But we'll talk more about specifics on what we really love about uh, the park and and hidden gems and things like that it'll be a more open conversation in the second half of the episode so before we do that i do want to mention as i always do that this episode of the mickey blog podcast is brought to you by mickey travels and mickey travels is a nationally recognized leader in disney vacation planning they are diamond earmarked by disney and their services are always 100 free reach out to mickey travels today for a free quote on your disney vacation at mickeytravels.com That's MickeyTravels.com Making Magic, one vacation at a time. Now, of course, as we ramble and rant about Hollywood Studios and all of the Disney parks um, on this podcast, just know that if you ever need help planning a Disney vacation, those agents over at Mickey Travels will not just have the knowledge that uh, Jared or Alyssa has. they uh, Many of them have more, to be honest, especially when it comes to planning and booking and making that trip perfect for you. So if you ever need help planning that perfect trip, of course, reach out to our friends over at Mickey Travels. And it's at no additional cost to you. It's completely free to you to use. So uh, it, it really is a no-brainer. Um, oftentimes, I know Alyssa's seen it, but oftentimes... I uh, see messages who come into our our accounts, and people will be like, "Okay, what's the catch? What do you mean it's free?" Like I, people people don't believe that, but it's true. Uh, it's, it's at no additional cost to you. So um, definitely go check out Mickey Travels if you need help planning. Um, so to move on to a few other things, Alyssa, when it comes to sort of making your day like picture perfect at Hollywood Studios, we talked about early entry, how important that is. We talked about attractions and routes you should go, how all of these attractions are big attractions and you're gonna want to experience them. In fact, this is one of those parks that I actually think Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes, things like that are, are very valuable. Um because there's so many big time attractions, I think, you know, spending the money on Genie Plus is highly, highly worth your time. Um, you know, let's let's move outside of the rides realm for a second. Um, because Hollywood Studios is also known for their shows um, and their entertainment, and um, one of the most spectacular nighttime shows in Disney World. So, Fantasmic. Let's talk about it for a second um, and why I believe every guest, if you're going to Hollywood Studios, you got to end your night with Fantasmic. Um, would you agree with that? And you know how how much have you enjoyed that show and and gotten. To hear great stories from clients about that show, I mean, it's obviously become extremely popular over the years.
1: Oh, it definitely has. Um, and to be honest with you, you know, everyone thinks about you know all the fireworks, Magic Kingdom, and Epcot, and whatnot. Um, so I feel like Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios sort of get sort of like left in the dust when it comes to nighttime. You know, when yeah. it sort of just because yeah. you think of happily ever after and you know Epcot Forever and whatnot. Um, people love Fantasmic. It's beloved. I think it's, um, it just tugs at the heartstrings of anybody mm-hmm. who loves Disney. It's a great way to end a Hollywood studios day. Um, make sure you get there early to get a good seat. Um, you know, um, I think that's probably the biggest tip I would give any client is if you want to get a good seat, you know, you're gonna like, if you want a good view of happily ever after. You know, you're gonna want to, you know, sort of stand in a certain area. So, um, but I would absolutely say it's uh, it, it's a must do, and it's very, very loved by Disney fans.
0: Yeah, I would I would totally agree. I also think, um, you know, when, during those evenings that there are uh, several show times, um, experiencing the later one, um, if you can do it. Obviously, kids and and you know, bigger families, you know, it's tough. Uh, Little ones, Um, I think that is kind of a Disney hack in a way where uh, lots of people obviously want to go for the earlier, earlier thing. Um, You know, you got little ones and they're starting to fade that time of day. I mean, heck, even I start fading that time of day, so it's totally reasonable. Um, But another thing, as Alyssa just mentioned, get there early because Fantasmic is definitely a must-do. Everybody wants to see it. You get to see all the Disney characters, and when I see all the Disney characters, I mean. You you get to see a lot of Disney characters. It's very interactive. Mickey is a huge part of the show. You got this dragon. You got some sporadic fireworks. And it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous show, and you don't want to miss it. So if you've gone through a whole very successful Hollywood Studios day, and you're thinking, oh, man, maybe we should skip that, uh, don't recommend that. Definitely don't miss that. Um, and, and I know we're kind of starting to sound like we're uh, beating a – Beating a dead horse here with the with the past few episodes where we've been like, yeah, you can't miss happily ever after, or you can't miss Beacons, and now we're like, you can't miss Phantasmic. But that that's more a testament to Disney and uh, what a good job they do at their nighttime shows because you know these are these are so different, unique, and um and still so incredible. Um, I wish Animal Kingdom had one, but we'll save that for the Animal Kingdom uh, episode but regardless uh definitely a must do. So I I couldn't agree more. Um so obviously Hollywood Studios has a few other things that you're going to want to be aware of. There are sporadic character meet and greets throughout the park. Lots of characters meet at places like Echo Lake. Um but you can also meet things like Mickey in uh in his epic outfit, you know, you can also meet Minnie of course over there as well in the in the Town Theater. But you can also, um, if you keep heading uh, over towards Muppet Land, where Pizza Rizzo is, you can see the Muppet show, which is very interactive. Beauty and the Beast has a gorgeous stage show um, that I also think is sort of a can't-miss experience. The whole family can do it. The actors are amazing. Very, very good experience. Um, If you're a Star Wars fan, um, you actually don't have to just go to Galaxy's Edge to meet Star Wars characters. Head over to Launch Bay where you can meet some Star Wars characters like BB-8 or Darth Vader, um, Chewbacca. So those are, those are pretty cool meet-and-greet experiences as well. And there's a Play Disney section for our little ones, Disney Junior. There's lots of characters over there uh, in the animation courtyard where you can meet sort of family characters, stuff like that. Now, let's move on towards the last little bit of our podcast episode, Alyssa, where we talk about things we love and maybe things we dislike about this park. Um, That really make us, you know, um, you know, uh, I don't know, I guess I guess we'll talk more freely now uh, these last 15, 20 minutes. Um, First of all, if there's one thing Alyssa and I can agree with, if you ever get the opportunity, go to Hollywood Studios during the holiday season um, because it is pretty special. And I think you'll definitely agree with me on that one.
1: I would say it's probably the prettiest park. At the holidays, which is a big statement for me, right? Because Magic Kingdom, they're they're all beautiful at Christmas. Uh, For me to say that is, it's crazy that it's the words coming up. But there is something very special about just the decorations. They're they're not in your face. They're very Mm -hmm. subtle. I know. Um, You know what I mean? They're very subtle. But they are just so warming. Um, I will say, um I will forever miss the Osborne uh dancing lights. Um I'm not gonna lie. Um I think that brought such a beautiful um a beautiful sparkle to the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um obviously I think a lot of people miss that. Um and, and I'm sure a lot of people would agree. So I I I will forever miss. The whole, you know, Osborne lights. Um, But even without the Osborne lights, I feel as though it's a beautiful, beautiful park um for the holidays. But the one thing I did want to mention also is I feel like Hollywood studios is a great picture park. Yes. It's a great park to grab photos and pictures. Um, You know, you think of like magic kingdom and you're like, Oh, I want to get a picture in front of castle. Right. And it's, you know, Like who doesn't, it's worldly. Um, Epcot. I want to get a picture in front of Spaceship Earth. Um, And I'm not saying that there's other places, there's obviously other places, but there's so many picture spots that are Mm. iconic at Hollywood Studios. Um, So I feel like it's a a visually beautiful park in the way that there's so many icons of the park um, from the Chinese theater to the Tower of Terror, um, you know, to... Um, you know the big Woody at entering into Toy Story Land. Um, there's just so many of those, and I will say one of the prettiest areas is Echo Lake, and I love it during the holidays when they put the ornaments in the lake. Um, I just think it's so special. It's just a beautiful, beautiful area. So I just feel like um, it's one of the prettiest parks. Um, and it's and it's just a great picture capturing park uh with a lot of great icons
0: yeah i i mean honestly i think i think echo lake i i'm not even being dramatic i think echo lake might be my favorite like place in walt disney world sunset boulevard comes very close to it too can you tell that i'm a hollywood studios fan um i think That I have such a love-hate relationship with this park, though. And I wanted to save this for the very end of the podcast because I want to mostly sell people on this park, obviously. This is a guide to planning a perfect day here. But the things that I always struggle with with this theme park is its original intention. The whole reason it was originally built, right, was classic Hollywood. And theming it after classic Hollywood, how Hollywood works. You had the Hollywood performers. You have... Tower of Terror. You had the Backlot Tour. Of course, the Streets of America. So it sucks because I, I feel like I lost a good portion of all these things that I loved about this park. But on the flip side of it, I'm a Star Wars fan and a Toy Story fan, so I got these other great things. But I definitely am with you in the fact that I miss Osborne Spectacle of Lights. I mean, that was spectacular. Um, hard to explain to someone if you've never experienced it, but just breathtaking honestly um but yeah echo lake especially during the holidays it is so gorgeous i mean they have the, in my opinion the best tree at disney world right there on the water it glimmers off the water gertie has an ornament in his mouth you have ornaments floating in the water um you know you got just christmas trees garland everywhere lights everywhere it, it is so gorgeous um, they do such a phenomenal job during the holidays but my biggest gripe if i have to be honest okay This is a topic I've actually mentioned in the past that I've said, like, don't let me talk about this on the podcast (laughs) because I'll go on a rant. So I'm going to try not to go on a rant. If I'm going to be honest, there's one thing with Hollywood studios that I still to this day cannot get over and I will always be grumpy about, and that is getting rid of the great movie ride. I understand that, you know, I think Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is a great attraction. I'm not saying it's not cool. I think the, you know, sort of uh randomness of the of the movement and the the screens and it's a very well-done attraction, especially for the whole family. But I just can't I can't wrap my head around this, Alyssa. They took the ride about movies and the history of movies out of the park that is about movies and the history of movies. It's like it's like taking the Statue of Liberty out of New York. It just doesn't make sense. I can't. I,
1: well, you know, I'll what's never funny be able to
0: understand it. A
1: lot of guests said it was very outdated. But wasn't that the purpose? That's the whole you point. Know, <laughs> that's the whole point of the, of the attraction. Um, who didn't love going through The Wizard of Oz?
0: I know. Uh, um,
1: I love the movies at the end when you just pull up and you see all the movies. And people said it was, you know, I loved it when you went by Alien and you saw Sigourney Weaver, you know, I, it was, uh, I'm sad as well. Um As a matter of mm-hmm. fact, just a little uh, tidbit, Greg and I were on the very last ride that actually had guests No on. way. Yeah. Wow. I That's know there so were casts cool. that went on after, but we were on the last ride and they were crying and clapping. It was, it was actually pretty emotional. I would emotional. have been crying. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty emotional. Um, You know, Greg wears his great movie ride t-shirt with pride, you know, when he goes oh, out. Yeah. Um, I will say what I feel like, and I'm not a, I'm not an anti-runaway railway fan, um, but I think I'll agree with you. Well, I definitely will agree with you. I kind of resent the railway. Hear me out. I think if that was added somewhere else,
0: mm-hmm. I would love it. Yeah. But
1: I feel like it sort of came in and kicked Great Movie Ride out
0: I know. and said,
1: we're coming in here. So I kind of resent it. <laughs> um, because I love the great movie ride. Um, I think where it was housed made so mm-hmm. much sense in front of the Chinese, the- you know, inside the Chinese theater. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are listening to this and who are not listening to this, who would absolutely agree that if it- I- I'm shocked that there was no petition, maybe there was to bring it back, but it's mm-hmm. not even a matter of bringing it back. It's the one issue I have that I wish Disney they're listening anyone from Disney is listening is don't take away ad. You have plenty of room. Yeah. Everywhere. You know, this isn't Disneyland where the room is limited. You have the room to add. Um, yeah. Don't take away, just add. Um, yeah. And I think people would be, and if you, if you felt that great movie ride was dated, don't write it. But it. I think you're in the, mi- <laughs> but I think you're in the minority.
0: I agree. look, again you got
1: me all I, riled
0: up now i no i'm look I, this is a topic that i've almost tried to put off on this podcast because it's the one thing that really gets me like riled up at disney because you know you don't take the haunted mansion you don't take pirates you don't take you know peter pan out of the magic kingdom why because you associate the two together the great movie ride is associated with MGM Studios and with Hollywood Studios, why? Because it's the movie ride. It it's represents the great everything movie ride.
1: Built, it represents everything <laughs> that the that the that the park was built on.
0: It's and like taking a tree out of Animal Kingdom. It makes no sense.
1: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree.
0: Yeah, I think what's interesting though that you mentioned about adding and not subtracting. You could have easily put Runaway Railway, which, by the way, a very cool version of Runaway Railway exists in Disneyland. Um, You could have easily put that over in Animation Courtyard, which isn't even utilized much anymore anyways. You could have, I mean, the Little Mermaid show has been closed for years and years now. We don't know what's happening over there. Launch Bay doesn't really even need to exist because you have Galaxy's Edge. There's no real point in having that. There's so much space over there. Like you could have put that over there. Watch Nobody would have. Is huge. It's a waste of good space. I agree. So I know that it really kind of was a little off topic in terms of a guide to Hollywood studios, but I just wanted to throw in a little spice to this podcast and just mention that, in my opinion, that was a, that was a crime was losing that ride because I, I
1: agree with you. I mean, I think, that, and I think there's a lot of people who do agree. I don't think mm-hmm. we're alone in that. And the great movie ride had a lot of fans. A lot of people were very sad about it. Um, I think, again, the part that bothered me was people felt it was outdated. And I think that was the whole purpose.
0: That's, uh, gosh. It it kind
1: of was what, it was the whole purpose of it. You
0: you Um, don't go into 50s Primetime Cafe and go, this is outdated. No, that's the whole point. You're entering a different era. The Great Movie Ride is a ride that celebrates iconic films over the years. And you can only tell that story if you go way back. The original films, the original iconic films, the Westerns that they featured on that ride, the gangster yeah. films that they featured on that ride, The Wizard of Oz, Alien. There's so many iconic films over the years. And one thing I will say this, if it was a licensing issue, if it was a, if it was an issue like that with different studios, because I understand they had to license out certain movies and things like that. I've always thought, okay, a great way to update this ride. You can still tell a story, but make it Disney themed. Disney has so many iconic films that have dated back since the 1930s when Snow White first came out to nowadays where now they own the Marvel rights and they own Star Wars and so many iconic films from the original Pirates of the Caribbean film that people were not sure of and now it's one of their biggest properties. You know, there's so many things that they could have told that story of. The Muppets, everything. If they really had licensing issues, they could have just updated it to be more Disney-themed. But just... Uh, I digress. I know that was a little bit of a side tangent there for Alyssa and I, but either way, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because the reason I have this love-hate relationship with Hollywood Studios, and the reason this all got brought up inside of my head is what Alyssa was saying earlier, and that's about Hollywood Studios being very picturesque. Um, it's a beautiful park. Okay, so if you get your time throughout your day, little pro tip, to go to Hollywood Studios, and you know you've done a lot of the big attractions take some time to walk around and take some photos because they've done an amazing job building that park. Not only do you have the Chinese theater, which fun fact about the Chinese theater here. um, I used to say this on the Mickey blog live streams. um, Disney actually built an exact replica of the Chinese theater that exists out in Los Angeles. I know Alyssa got a chance to actually visit that recently, but that replica was so exact that they lost the original plans to the Chinese theater out in Los Angeles and Los Angeles city came to Disney said, Hey, can we have your replica plans? We lost our plans and we need to do some renovations. So if Disney hadn't built the Chinese theater replica to an exact T We might not still have the Chinese theater out in LA because it needed some renovations. So just a random fun fact for you. But regardless, the point I was trying to make here is the Chinese theater, you got Galaxy's Edge, Toy Story Land, Sunset Boulevard. I mean, I love just walking down Sunset Boulevard, you know, taking in those vibes and everything like that. So Alyssa brought up a lot of great points about how picturesque and beautiful this park is.
1: Well, I just also want to say one thing, I know we're getting close to kind of winding things up, but, I would have to say that one of my favorite things, and I know it's very um underrated, would absolutely be one man's dream. Um, I know you mentioned mm-hmm. all about the e-ticket uh, attractions, and I get all that. There's listen, they're they're fun. But if you are a tr- if you love Disney, um, if you love the history of Disney, um, and it by the way, it's a great place to cool off on a hot day as well. Um, if you ever go in on one man's stream, which is on the way into Toys from the runaway ra- from the railway, kind of walk down the stairs. If you're heading towards Toy Story land, it's off to the right. Um, what's great is it starts off as like a kind of a mini museum and the history of sort of Walt and how the, you know, the evolution of, of, you know, everything from Disneyland from, from the stu- his studios to his mm-hmm. characters, to audio animatronics, to the different plans that he has. They, they have um, like, um, I don't know what you call them, I guess, dioramas or sort of mm-hmm. uh, models, I guess is a better word of the different parks and the different visions. Um, there is uh, a meet and greet in there. Uh, Sully is back there in yeah. the way back. But one of my favorite things I I always enjoy walking through the museum, um, but I love one man stream the show. Um, yeah. It's a, There's a theater at the end. um, It has a countdown to how long till the next show. Um, It's about a 15-minute movie. And it literally, if it doesn't get you emotional, um, it actually (laughs) reminded me so much of what we just went through with Adventures by Disney. It literally, Walt actually, Walt and Julie Andrews narrate this beautiful story of literally Walt as a child. And everything he went through, His diversities, you know, or adversities, I should say his losses, his perseverance. Um, the visions that he had everything he went through to what he, what we have, we know today. And it is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful movie. If you don't feel emotional afterwards, uh, you're in the wrong place. So I, we never, ever don't go in and watch that movie it's um it's a favorite of mine.
0: Yeah, I I will say I agree with that. I think that's almost like um like I wouldn't even call it a hidden gem, um but it's an underrated, you know, sort of attraction and experience while you're at not just Hollywood studios but Walt Disney World. It I almost describe it as like a it's a Walt Disney museum, you know, in a way. If you're walking in to a location and getting to experience uh the story of walt from from the very beginning to to the end and and not just that but you're seeing the story at the parks too you know the original disneyland special when he started talking about building disneyland his original tv special where he's talking about epcot of course he never got to see epcot um come to fruition but you know his plans were years in advance you know so there's just a lot of unique things in that and it's it's historical and if you like history like i do it's it's a really cool spot um few more places i absolutely want to shout out while we're on the podcast star tours i understand ellis is like whatever um but star tours is an original attraction that actually opened up in disneyland first um and uh and hollywood studios afterwards um the indiana jones stuntacular is a very cool show super interactive if you or your family your kids anybody likes indiana jones absolutely worth stopping by to see that it's so so cool to see they basically show you and walk you through how movie stars and characters um actors who portray like like harrison ford portraying indiana jones how they pull off these incredible stunts you know and, and uh so that's very very cool again very on brand uh for the park um obviously the muppet show is very popular for those who love the muppets in toy story land you have a kid's ride in alien swirling saucers people for all ages and slinky dog dash is a very popular coaster that you can experience um with your family lots of people bring their kids it's like their first roller coaster is slinky dog dash um so And by the way, if you guys ever need some help with Toy Story Land specifically, Mickey Blog does have a few YouTube videos on Toy Story Land. Miranda and I, um, who is basically our YouTube star, uh, Miranda and I filmed a review of Roundup Rodeo Barbecue while we were with Alyssa and Greg on opening day. And we also did a full tour of Toy Story Land, if you want to check that out as well. but. I mean this park top to bottom just has so much for everybody. I mean there's characters, there's there's shows obviously, lots of shops and shops that are themed after like old old time periods. Once you're going down Sunset Boulevard, Alyssa, there's like once upon a time and all those kind of shops that remind you of a different era, especially when it's lit up, like Legends of Hollywood with that big sign at nighttime. Very cool. Um so it's such a it's a great mixture of classic Hollywood meets some of Disney's largest and grandest, biggest IPs um, like, like star Wars and, you know, like toy story and things like this. So, so there's, there's really something for everybody. And, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's only increased in popularity. I mean, you uh, have been visiting the parks a lot longer than I have Alyssa, but I, I know that MGM when it first opened up, if you were to tell the people there like what it turned into and how popular it is now, I don't think Disney would have believed you. It's just grown so much in popularity.
1: I mean, when I think back about uh, the Backlot Tour, Catastrophe Canyon, uh, we used to go, the Backlot Tour used to go past the Golden Girls house. I mean, we're talking, you know, old school. Um, they They used to do a thing where you would be on a movie set. Greg and I actually, I don't know if this is way before your time, Jared, but they did a boat scene and we had to put on yellow um, uh, raincoats and they threw water at us and we looked like we were like in a big storm. <laughs> it was really fun. There was also an area where they had a cheers um, mm-hmm. sort of set. Greg actually like was called up to be like the Norm character drinking beer on at the mm-hmm. end of the bar. I mean, it was just it it was, it's, it's changed a lot. You remember Lights Motors Action? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, a lot of changes. Um, again, my big thing that makes me a little sad about, I feel like Hollywood Studios has transformed the most from what it used to be. Yeah. Of any of the parks. Um, I feel like when I think back about MGM, it, it really isn't reminiscent of what MGM used to be. And I'm not saying that bad or good. Um, but I feel like as far as a transition park, Hollywood Studios has transitioned the most out of the four parks.
0: I mean, I'll be honest with you, um, when I think of like my favorite it, it's so hard to like pick a favorite Disney park, right? Um, I'm I've only been there once, but for me it's Disneyland just based off of what it offers. Um, I have a dream to eventually go to Tokyo Disney Sea, which I have heard is the grandest, most epic Disney park in the world. And they're now opening Fantasy Springs, which I'm not sure if you saw some of those photos and, and uh, previews, Alyssa, but wow, does that look pretty spectacular. Uh, but having said that, when it comes to Walt Disney World specifically, it's always hard to pick like a favorite park, right? And, you know, we've we've done rankings on this podcast, and and frankly, it changes every few months for me. Hollywood studios was always like number one for me uh, because for so many different reasons. And, but I've had my moments where I've been like, I don't know if I can put this number one anymore. And a lot of that has to do with, in my opinion, it's almost lost a lot of its original identity and the heart and soul of what made Hollywood studios, Hollywood studios. And, and, and that's unfortunately at the cost of some of the things that I also love, like star Wars land and toy story land so it's it's so hard, right? Because like you gain things, but you lose things. So I think if there's a lesson when it comes to this park is like Alyssa said earlier, in the future, Disney, if you're listening, please just add. You don't have to subtract, you can add, okay? Pandora, we didn't lose anything for Pandora. You just built Pandora. Like there's a lot of things that you can give us that we don't have to lose something in the process. And I think that's something that I hope in the future with Hollywood Studios specifically, um, they add some more things. And if I could ask for anything to be added to Hollywood Studios, it's more things actually related to Hollywood, you know, because that's what the park needs. It needs to be reignited by its original theme again. Give us back. I guarantee you, Alyssa, if they announced the Great Movie Ride is returning to Hollywood Studios in a different location, Disney fans would lose their minds. They would lose their minds. I
1: think it would be reminiscent and and similar to when happily ever after came back.
0: I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's people love this park for a lot of reasons. And I think for me, the thing I love the most about it was always the classic Hollywood, you know, sort of format. So when you do Mm -hmm. go to this park, obviously use the tips and tricks that Alyssa and I gave you. Things like pre-entry, things like Genie Plus is really helpful here. Things like, you know, getting on, prioritizing your major attractions, Fantasmic is a must do. Lots of great quick service locations, lots of great dining options. You know, Oga's Cantina we didn't even talk about, which is a Star Wars cantina in Galaxy's Edge. There's so many things to see and do, prioritize if you're going to go here. And if you're a classic Hollywood fan like myself, experience things like sitting by Echo Lake, taking in those sights, or walking down Sunset Boulevard and taking in those sights in the classic... Classic Hollywood music they play in the background, which I absolutely adore. Um, it's a great park. And I really hope it's not done. I hope we get some more things in the future at this park. Um and uh and yeah, this was this was a really fun episode, I think. And was nice. it, it kind of turned into like Disney therapy for Alyssa and I. Like we were, we were going through the, the the attractions that we're still in mourning about.
1: I'm starting a <laughs> petition when we hang when we're done with this podcast.
0: I, honestly, we could host an entire, we could host an entire podcast. Wow, I just came up with a great idea, Alyssa, on attractions that we lost that we wish we could keep. Oh, um, that
1: is go, guys, all of our <laughs> listeners. That will be after we do some more perfect day segments. Yeah. We are gonna do our fit, brilliant, our favorite yes. lost attractions.
0: There's a lot oh, of them. Jot that, that down, Jared. <laughs> I got to write it down. No, it's write true it because, because there's so many of them from different parks that people still to this day think about and miss. And and we're not just talking about Great Movie Ride. We're talking about attractions from all four of the Walt Disney World theme parks and Disneyland. We could talk about there's them There's a
1: reason that Mr. Toad lives in the graveyard of Haunted Mansion. <laughs>
0: Hey, Mr. Toads, that's a great one. Uh, Snow White's yeah. Scary Adventures yeah. is another one. Um, there's there's so a reason many. he's
1: in the graveyard.
0: That's all I I'm mean, saying. Heck, people in Disneyland are pretty grumpy that they don't get Carousel Progress out there, but we do have Carousel Progress out here. So they don't have People Mover. I know, I know. That's that's a big one that people people still to this day think about. So yeah, I yeah. mean, there's. There's endless ideas we could do with this. So um, be on the lookout for that episode. But if you like this episode, uh, definitely hit that like button. Please do subscribe if you're new here. We drop new Mickey Blog podcast episodes every single Friday. And if you're new to Mickey Blog in general, welcome. We here at Mickey Blog cover the Disney news uh, every single day. It's nonstop, 24-7. So head over to the blog if you need any news on all things Disney but beyond that you can also follow us on social media we post 2 to 3 TikToks every single day that are all very fun and Disney related we post Instagram posts every single day on Mickey blog tweets you know threads Facebook just constant threads uh or constant posts rather uh Disney related both news and also atmosphere just in case you're looking for a video walking down main street USA we got plenty of those so if you're new here, welcome to this happy place, not to use a pun. And uh, we hope we see more of you guys in the future. Can't wait to catch you guys next week on the next episode of the Mickey Vlog Podcast. And not to, say, not to send out a spoiler, but we got a very cool guest coming up. So definitely you are going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh, get excited. I think Disney fans are really going to be happy about that episode. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. My name is Jared. That's Alyssa. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode.